0: I wanted to begin today with a little story about Billy Graham. So, back in the day, Billy Graham used to do these crusades all over the country. And he was in South Carolina one time, and he needed to mail a letter. And this was back in the 60s and 70s, so you young folks out here, we didn't have email. He wanted to mail a letter. And he asked this little boy on the main street, how could he get to the post office? And after the boy had given him some directions, Billy said, Hey, if you'll come to the Baptist church tonight at 6 o'clock, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. And the little boy said, No thanks, you don't even know how to get to the post office. <laughs> uh, there's some humor in the wisdom of a child. If you would, please stand as we honor the reading of God's word from Mark chapter 4. We're going to read verses 3 through 8. Listen. Listen a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow when the sun came, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear grain. Still others fell on good soil, it came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just ask for this message to be your words, not my words, and Lord, I just ask you to continue to look over our church and our community in the days ahead. In your son's precious name I pray, amen. Well, I got the inspiration or the idea of today's message. You may figure out from the call to worship scripture what it might be, and Mary's got a slide for me here. Um, This is a map that some really smart folks do, and I shared this out on uh, the Internet this week. If you look at all the time periods in the last 132 years, from December 1st to yesterday, in our area it appears it's the third wettest three month period over the last 130 years so that's awesome that you know we have been blessed with all this moisture and that got me thinking about growing and seeds and gardening and whether you're seeding a little garden in your backyard or you're farming hundreds of acres we all know that having enough moisture is important for that seed to germinate and develop into plants. And looking at that map, out, well, we're off to a great start here in 2024. But we all know if you cast out your seeds and there's not enough water, they will not produce the fruit, the wheat, the cotton, the flowers. You kind of get where I'm headed here. And I just love the idea in this parable of a sower or a farmer planting seed, which is kind of wild abandon. Just Imagine just throwing stuff wherever... Uh, in unexpected places and the excitement and the potential of what could happen with those seeds. Yet, if you know anything about modern farming, there's no haphazard to it because that seed is not cheap to start with and we use modern technology to help maximize the use of our soil. We use air seeders to measure the density and plant at an optimum place and We do soil studies and maximize our productivity and seed isn't wasted on that poor soil. They tend to avoid it. But in ancient days, they didn't have all that technology, but it really wouldn't have been much different. In fact, a point that Jesus makes in this parable is a good sower knows where to seed and where to avoid just wasting those valuable seeds on soil that won't produce. Yet this parable that Jesus tells describes a sower who is not so efficient and careful with his seeds and soil and planting techniques. This farming style seems a little bit crazy to our modern world and to the, even to the crowds listening in Jesus' time. This haphazard sower who scattered seeds everywhere draws our attention to a different type of soil, to the hard-packed soil on the pass, not unlike our gravel roads or walking paths, we hear about the rocky soil with no depth to it. That soil is amongst the thorns and thistles as well. Perhaps maybe the most interesting soil of them all is the soil that gives that 30 or maybe even a hundred fold return. These kind of returns from that good soil are almost unimaginable. In fact, anything that gives a 30% return is almost unheard of. Anyone with a savings account knows that a 30% interest rate is a little high. Right, Travis? Wish we had 30% interest rate. So as soon as we hear Jesus talking about these incredible returns, we want to jump right to that good part, the part where we figure out how to be good soil. We want to separate those who are bad, those inhospitable soils, from the good. We want to see ourselves as a good soil. We like the ability to categorize and label and judge and, and condemn. This lens of productivity is one we know very well. It's one that all three gospel writers, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, give with their account of this story. If we want to be productive, we need to be on good soil. If we want to be righteous... We need to be good and faithful. Yet we know this kind of productivity just isn't realistic. We know that this is really not the way our world is. If we're honest with ourselves, we know this life is full of unexpectable, unexplainable, unknowable outcomes. We know that sometimes the people with the strongest faith, those who are gentle and kind, Those who are most valuable sometimes receive the hardest lot in life. We know that suffering and sin doesn't really seem to follow a pattern, but rather happens to us at random. We know that there are those who seem to have an easy and blessed time with life, and they have just everything really working out without even trying, and sometimes we feel like they don't even deserve it. And when it comes to hearing the word, as Jesus says, we know that much of the time we are much more like that hard, rocky, or thorny soil than good soil. We all wish we could pray more, pray better. We wish that we gave more to the church, had more time, more money. We wish that we could sometimes share our faith more easily, that we could tell our friends just why this place means so much to us. That is when we find our Selves with time to come but we don't feel like good soul we can see and feel ourselves and what we know is to be failure we can see and feel those rocks and the thorns and the hardness within ourselves so in this parable we get caught up in the business of the seeds and the soil we like to imagine the details of where we fit in And we're stuck in the reality of what it means to be soil, good or otherwise. But the parable just isn't about seeds or soil. Jesus gives us a clue right at the beginning. Jesus says, hear then the parable of the sower. This parable is not about soil. It's really about the sower. It's not about us, but it's instead about God about this sowing God who seems radical, haphazard, and all over the place. A God whose seeds end up everywhere. When Jesus explains this parable, He never encourages anyone to be in the good soil or the good seed. He says that the parable is about the sower. It is about the one who owns and works the field, the one who owns and plants the seeds. This parable is about a God who is willing to see that there is a possibility, even in rocky, hard, shallow, poor soil, of a good outcome. Even knowing that the seeds may not grow, God scatters and He plants anyway. This parable is about God who declares that hard-packed ground, that dark nutrient soil, that thorny soil, God declares, all these soils are acceptable. All these soils are good enough to sow. Good enough for the word to be scattered on. So the sower seems to be scattering seed knowing that it will probably not grow. But seeing the possibility that it might. So are we the soil or the seeds in the parable? That part isn't exactly clear. And maybe it doesn't matter if we know where we fit exactly. What this parable does show is a God who has decided to scatter grace, mercy, and love in all directions. This parable shows a God who has decided to scatter on the rocky, the shallow, the thorny soil, as well as the good soil. It's a God who wants the word of the kingdom to be heard everywhere and anywhere it shows a god who is determined to let this creation these seeds and this soil to let us know that we are cherished loved with our imperfections and all this sowing god is showing us that the lenses of good and bad soil that we see the world through are not how the sower sees the productivity of the soul does not determine whether the sower sows. Whether we are good and holy, or whether we are hard and rocky, things, these things do not determine whether God loves. The sower sows because the sower has decided to scatter the seed. God gives His words of grace to us because God has decided that we are God's beloved children. And there is no amount of fruit that we can bear or fail to bear. No good works that we can do to earn or sins that separate us from God's love and God's mercy. And Mary, go ahead and change the slide here. It says, listen, a sower went to sow. And with those first few words gives us the good news. The good news is that God has decided to love us no matter what we're going through, no matter whether we feel good or not. Because God's love is given because God has declared it is given for us. Be rooted is what God's trying to say. Be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. You want to know what God says? It's it's all right here. but people will take that Word of God this precious holy word and they'll teach people false doctrine off of it and that's a shame most of the time they know what they're doing unless they were taught wrong by someone else but they know what they're doing there will be those who will deceive you with just a little bit of the word to turn you away from the doctrine from the truth there are people who are not rooted those will take advantage of that person. Don't be that person who can easily be swayed from what thus saith the Lord. You hear false teaching, run from it, flee from it. If you're not sure about it, talk to somebody, ask, learn, find out for sure. There are people who sound really good until you really get into what they truly believe. Be rooted in your Bible daily. So how are you going to get rooted? Read the Word of God. But you also don't necessarily, you should read the Word of God, but if you don't have a strong prayer life, you're not going to know when someone tells you something that isn't right. Know your Word of God. Be in that Bible. Have your devotions in tune with what the Bible says. If you're one of those who writes notes down as you do in your devotionals, keep doing that. Keep digging and studying. Be in tune with what the Bible says. If you have questions, don't hesitate to ask. We want to search the Scriptures to make sure we interpret the Word of God correctly. The parable this morning tells us to be rooted, to be able to know what the Word of God says and how to be rooted. Don't be one of those who can be swayed away. It can happen to anybody. I'll close with this illustration of a person I knew in college who if you looked at him and you knew him, he was on fire for the Lord as just about anybody could be. He was on target as you could be. He was someone I sort of looked up to. And I look up to several people in our church spiritually I don't mean to leave anyone out, but Lurleen over here is a good role model. And I appreciate who she is. God is good. But if we go back to this man in college, you could look at that person and go, Man, this guy's doing great things for the Lord. But he wasn't a Bible scholar. He was an English major. You could think that he was going to be that guy that was on fire that he would know the Bible well. The second semester came along, and he fell into sin and error, and he started to reject the Word of God. Now, on the outside, everything looked fine. He wasn't rude, as he probably should have been. Maybe he was kind of on that stony ground. Maybe he was more like the thorns and being choked up. Either way, it can happen to anybody could happen to one of us. So how do you avoid that? We be rooted. Colossians 2.7 says, Be rooted and built and established in the faith. God sows the seed of His Word and love and the spirit of life and peace without any distinction. That's the great news. Christ died for us. You see, God doesn't sow just on that good soil. He doesn't sow only among the righteous and deserving. That was the teaching of the Pharisees. The Pharisees taught us that you had to make the right sacrifices and obey the letter of the law of the scriptures in order to receive God's grace. But you see, what we see throughout the gospel is Jesus is sowing amongst the rocks and the thorns on the path. He eats with the sinners and takes company with tax collectors, Samaritans, and the outcasts. He sowed abundantly, even amongst those who would betray and execute Him. And that's our story. And this is our God. A God who makes no distinction amongst whom He sows. A God of inclusivity, whose love and whose grace knows no bounds. And that's the good news. Wherever our lives are hardened or rocky or choked out by the cares of this world, He continues to sow His love and grace within each of us.